Amen. Good morning. Good morning. You know I love to hear you talk to me. We want to do this one more time. Good morning. There we go. Let us pray. God, help us because we need it. In Jesus' name, amen. Today we start a, a sermon series that, that really begins to talk about why Jesus is needed in our world today. And it is really interesting because as I flip through the channels and, and as I watch the news, as I begin to have conversations with various people, not only at the job, but also in, in different organizations, what, what I find is that a lot of people are throwing a word around that really hasn't been defined in such a way that they can truly walk it out. And, it, and, and, and I will say, although I probably shouldn't, based on where I stand, I am guilty of it as well, and that word is the one that was pointed out in the children's moment that was said 352 million times in two scriptures. I may be exaggerating. And that word is love. Today in our scripture, uh, it is, Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you that you would love one another, even as I have loved you, that you may also love one another by this, all men will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, if we really begin to look at this chapter in John, what we find is that, that Jesus has called the disciples to the upper room. He has uh, washed their feet. They have sat down at the table. He has said that one of his, his disciples will betray him and, 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 and actually told him, whatever you're going to do, do it quickly and sent him to do just that. There's a lot of things that happened in, in this particular chapter for Jesus towards the end to say, a new commandment I give you, love one another. The other thing that we can, we can look at as we begin to look at scripture is that this doesn't seem like a new commandment because Jesus uh, has told us to love and God in the Old Testament said, love your neighbor, uh, even as uh, even as yourself, that there has been love interwoven throughout all of the scriptures. And now Jesus is saying, hey, a new commandment I give you to love one another. Now, if we stop at just that part of the scripture, we can argue that there's no new commandment given. But if we continue, the scripture goes on to say, as I have loved you. So it is important for us then to look at all the things that I, I, I told you about in the beginning of this particular chapter found in John. We find that they, they are at supper. They are at the last supper. Jesus is saying, uh, I am going a place that you can't go with me right now. And I'm bringing in the people that, that I love and, and the people that I have walked with and the people that should have been learning from me as they have called me Lord and teacher. And that is true. And so as they come in, he begins to wash their feet. But just the fact that he invited all of them to the supper, that he, he, he fed them, that he served them, that he uh, imparted even a good word into them says that, that he loved them, right? 
But what we also know is that one person in that room was going to betray him, right? What we also know is that Jesus knew exactly who that person was, right? But the person was still in the room. And so as we begin to look at the scripture, it is important for us to understand that if Jesus so loved the world that, 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 that he allowed a, a person within his group to come in that he knew was going to betray him, and yet he still served, yet he still loved, yet he still did all the same things that he gave to everyone else, it is important for us to understand that Jesus in that moment was showing us what true forgiveness looks like. It's hard to imagine, though, because normally you forgive somebody after they do something, right? You hit me, I forgive you. You talked bad about me, I forgive you. But what if we could get to the point where we are so determined that I'm going to love you no matter what, that whatever you do, I know is already forgivable because I have predetermined that my love is not conditional on what you do. That's big. What if we could come to the, 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 the conclusion that, that I don't have to wait for you to wrong me for me to forgive you because the reality of it is we are all human beings and so we're going to mess up. Amen. I did say we, so I raised my hand. We are all going to mess up. Amen. And so knowing that, the, that God, who is love, can love us in spite of our mess-ups, then it is also uh, imperative that we get to a point where we can love you past yours. We find in the scripture that Jesus uh, washes their feet, that he begins to, to essentially serve them. And, and, and even though one of his disciples said, you can't wash my feet, Jesus, even in that moment, teaches a lesson. One, service is not a place of weakness. Service does not make you weak. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that a few times because young people believe that, that that's true. The, the, the other thing that, that, that I, I need you to understand is that uh, if you are only doing it for a title, if you are only doing it for the applause, if you are only doing it to be seen, then, then you are missing the boat on what love really is as it relates to your service. Service means that we are not selfish, we are selfless. Service means that we will go outside of ourselves to do the things for others that we wish could be done for us. Service says that, that it does not matter if you recognize me, it does not matter if I get a pay raise, it does not matter if you give me the title, it does not matter if, I, if, if, if pastor is before my name. I am doing this because it is the right thing to do. And so if we look at all of that, we find that Jesus is illustrating what love is before he gives this new commandment. We know that love is patient, love is kind, love, love is long-suffering, it endures all things, it hopes all things, it never fails, it endures, it persevered. Jesus is saying, now that I have shown you the true definition of what love is, this is my command. If you are going to profess to be connected to me, 
if you are going to profess to be uh, my disciple, my student, my follower, then this is the standard of love that is required. You, you have to get to a point where forgiveness isn't an issue. You have to get to a point where you're not playing uh, that, that you feel your emotions, but you're not governed by your emotions. You have to get to a point where service is an expectation when you wake up in the morning and not just something you do to be recognized. You see, Jesus says that the love that I have shown you all of these years is much different than the love that some people claim to know. But if. Just if you can do it this way, the impact that has happened over these three years can continue throughout all generations. It is no mistake. It is no coincidence that in our lowest times, the small things that people do for us without knowing what is going on with us mean the most. It is no coincidence that God's love pours through us in, in moments of our weakness. And as others are strengthened, we also are strengthened. If we can believe that blessings can come our way, pressed down, shaken together and running over, that we might be able to give to others what has been given to us, then we have to understand that God's love is one of the best blessings that we can receive. And even that comes pressed down, shaken together and running over. So as God's love flows in us, it also flows through us. We don't have many kids in here. Christopher, come here. I promise I'm not going to tell all your business because I, I can't tell any stories on nobody but myself or people won't talk to me anymore. All right. Y'all know how to play follow the leader? All right. So exactly what I do, you do. Okay? All right. Come, ba come back here. Line up behind me. Uh-oh. You ready? So I took a step with my right. Who remembers playing this game? Oh, I love it when hands go up. It was a game that we played as children that, taught, that, that was designed to teach us motor skills, but really it taught us to follow instructions, right? Follow the leader. When, when the leader took a step and raised their hand, you took a step and raised your hand. When a leader turned around, I love having kids back here, you turned around, right? But eventually, if you were like me, I was like, why does he always take a step with his right foot first and raise his right hand? Why doesn't he ever think to do it with his left? Or why is it that, that when Christopher is leading the line, everything goes quicker, and, and when he's up front, everything slows down? So you begin to ask questions, right? But you normally ask them from behind. But when you become the leader, what you find yourself doing is exactly what you're used to doing, which is what the... Boy, both of y'all would be out right now. Which, which is what the leader before you typically did, right? Y'all can sit down. Why do I bring this up? 
Because what the world needs today is to experience love uh, on the level and at the standard that God has ordained. The problem is all the world sees is the love that says, I love you as long as you act like I like you to act. But when you don't act like I like you to act anymore, I don't love you. And so what the world really needs is an example of God's love. The disciples had it. His name was. The disciples had it. His name was. All right. Now you're still with me. Jesus said that 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 he was the example. This is the new commandment. We are to be his hands and feet. And so what if. What if on a Monday when you're not feeling well, you go over, you sit next to a person that obviously has something on their mind and you just listen. Did you show love? What if you, you, you on a Tuesday uh, went out of your way to make sure that your neighbor had groceries because you heard that they may be having some financial issues? I, I don't need you to blast me on the bulletin. I don't need to be on the news uh, here. Uh, uh, hopefully it blesses you. Is that love? Yesterday. Me and my family went to see a basketball game, 11-year-olds, Lord Jesus, fun times. But the person we went to see wasn't there. And so we are standing in Tulsa, yes, it was a drive, and we are watching a game where we know nobody in the game, and my, my youngest son is standing next to me, and I said, son, do you know why I am enjoying this so much? And he said, no. I said, I grew up a place where people would drop their kids off for games because either they had to go to work or they were just so happy to have an hour, they took it. And I remember how my mom used to cheer for those kids like they were, like they were hers. And when things would happen uh, and they would do something stupid, they wouldn't listen to coaches, they wouldn't listen to anybody else, but my mom can walk up and say, you know that was wrong, right? And they would say, yes, ma'am. And she'd look at them and the look said fix it even though her mouth didn't move and they said, Yes, ma'am. And they turn around and make it work. Right. What you don't understand is that's love. Cheering for somebody that that is not connected to you and enjoying the fact that they are doing the thing that they enjoy is love. Letting them know that somebody is there for them, even when their relatives may not be, is love. Standing up for justice, even when the injustice is not aimed towards you, is the best part of being a Christian because we are showing love. Just because it does not affect you does not mean that it should not be important to you. So this is follow the leader. If, if, if the scriptures are correct and if my favorite poem makes, makes a difference, y'all have heard a million times, I'd rather see a sermon than to hear one any day. I'd rather one to walk with me than just to show the way. The eye is a better pupil and more willing than the ear. Advice may be misleading, but examples are always clear. And the very best of teachers are the ones who live their creed for seeing good put into action. It's what everybody needs. I can soon learn to do it if you let me see it done. I can watch your hand in motion, but your tongue too fast may run in the message you deliver. May be very fine and true, but I'd rather get my lessons from observing what you do, for I may misunderstand you and the fine advice you give, but there's no misunderstanding how you act and how you live. If we are so dedicated to living the standard of love that Jesus has put before us, 
those that don't even know they're looking for Jesus will follow you because of the love that they've experienced from you. They will follow you because in the midst of storms, you have a peace that they want. They will follow you because obviously you are rooted and grounded in something bigger than yourself. And I need to be as close to that as possible. And one day they go from being the one following uh, the leader to the one leading the line. And they are now the example for all the people that they are connected with. That's how we live the Great Commission to go you therefore and make disciples of all people. We're not going to individually meet all people, but the network is pretty large when we join hands. Amen. So now the question becomes, based on the life that you live, based on the life that I live, based on the life that we live, who's the leader that we're following? Because if we're following God, life should look like God ordained life should look, right? Not all daisies, not all rainbows, not all calm times, but there, there's a peace, there's a joy, there is a, a wanting to serve that should be very evident in our lives. So based on what we are doing even yet today, who is the leader that we're following? And it's important to note for two reasons. One, because obviously the leader that you're following is writing the rules for your life. And if you have people that are looking for that leader by following you, where are you leading them? And that last arrival space is where we really have to consider. Because I can follow Jesus to the cross. But if I follow Satan, I can follow God and always find love, but I can follow the enemy and always experience turmoil. If I am looking for peace and joy, there's one very strong leader that can get me there, but there's, someone, there's another leader that can take me away from it. And if we are leaving an inheritance for all that follow us, who we follow very much affects that inheritance. Follow the leader. It's a children's game with adult teachings. It's a simple thing to think about, but can have huge ramifications. Jesus said, I know we've told you to love, but this is what it looks like. I know we told you to live a life of love, but this is what it looks like. The new standard is do this as I have done for you. That is what I need all of us to take from today. The example is before us and it is very clear, amen. Jesus has been very deliberate about showing us his life and showing us how his life exhibits the thing that he is requiring. Amen. And so if we leave today and we live a life anything other than love, the question is, what leader are you following? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.